Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. We are going to do this thing until it sticks. Don't quote me on that one, especially when it has to do with my co-host, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And James, man, how are you doing now? I am doing spectacular. There is absolutely nothing wrong in my life, and anyone who suggests <laughs> otherwise is lying. <laughs> All right. Well, this is, I don't know, the second or third take. James had an issue. I had an issue. But we are going to be here. And I, I will tell you, James, you know, under the uh, uh, the topic of disasters, my glasses broke this week. Mrs. Steve, I think you can tell, had to gorilla glue them together. Wait, I think I had this last week, too. They are hanging on by a thread, and the online ordering place can't get me a pair for three weeks. So we might have to masking tape these together at some point. Did she punch you in the face to break those glasses? No, I think 10 years of wear and tear, and what finally did them in was I put safety goggles on to do some circular saw cutting at our small cabin and the 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 uh the safety goggles and my visor cap sort of worked in conjunction to smash my glasses into my face and uh, then they unfortunately popped and that was that you know we um we did our our punched in the face episode one week too early yes. we we if we would have done that this week if we would have like recorded that right before the oscars then released that we would have been profits but it's <laughs> <laughs> Man. I tell you what, yeah, boy, it's a good thing we don't do this like in the same room, or there it would have broken down into chaos several times. Yeah, did you did you see the Oscars or hear? I, I assume follow it on Twitter since nobody actually watches them. I did not watch it live. I did see the Japanese feed that was uncensored, so I saw the whole thing the uh, the before, the during, and the after. I uh, I will say there there is much that we we lack in social graces, but we've never gotten up and attacked somebody <laughs> on stage. Well, you've been on stage a lot. Has anyone ever gotten up and attacked you over a joke? No, I've had several people come up to me afterwards and explain to me how my jokes were offensive or a joke. <laughs> I think I told you one woman said that I gave a joke that was offensive to humanity. Wow, that's a that's a high bar. Would you please repeat it yeah. for me? I would like to hear this joke. <laughs> it was a visual. Like, I, you're, you can't see it if I do it. And it, it involved a picture. So I can't show the pictures. I don't have it on me or I would show you. But it, I'll break it down for you. It's a fairly standard, like, male and female brain. And it was leading me into talking about couples and making jokes about couples. And uh, a lady came up afterwards and said, you're better than that. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? And th that joke is like early in my show. And she brought it all the way back. She said, that joke with the brains, you're better than that. And I said, oh, oh I'm sorry you're offended by it. And she's, I, I gave the standard non-apology apology. And she said, oh, I wasn't offended. I just thought it was offensive to humanity. <laughs> and I thought, oh, 
Okay. Wow. That narcissistic much? My, uh... So she spoke on behalf of humanity. Well, I mean, presumably she is a member, so, I mean, you would think we could all speak on behalf of humanity. Uh, my only issue with that is that she assumed you're better than that. Like, what evidence would you have given <laughs> for that? Well, obviously, the rest of our time together was spent in glee, but... No, I, I passed that one by several of my stand-up friends, and they were like, wow, I've never told a joke that was offensive to humanity before. Thank God she told you that. You got to save it. <laughs> I mean, I think our entire podcast is kind of offensive to humanity. Not the fact that, like, of anything we say, just more the fact that it exists. I mean, we here we are, week number 277 or something in a row, putting this thing out yeah. for, for nobody. Yeah. It, with with every excuse imaginable for us to bail, and yet we we plowed through <laughs> to get here to talk about nothing in particular, but we were dedicated to making sure yeah. that nothing happened. And, and, and sending it out to nobody, which is probably more offensive to us than anybody else, because in order to be offended, you have to actually interact with whatever it is that you're offended by, right? I mean, you would think so, but I mean, the... I, the fact that we got those votes on Urban Dictionary, I mean, maybe we should stop saying we're not listened to by uh, by anybody. Maybe we should say we're listened to. It's not that nobody listens. It's that we're listened to by nobodies. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the point. The fact that Ooh. they listen to us degrades their own social status and brings them down to our level, which is really disappointing. We're kind of bringing humanity down as a whole. See, with great power comes great responsibility, James. And I feel as though we have failed our listeners in that sense. <sighs> There's really kind of a negative sheen on the show this week. <laughs> What's happening here? Gotta, Worse than usual. Gotta spin Worse this. Than the face punch gotta episode. spin this around. We had too many false starts, and everything fell apart. <laughs> it's, uh, well, see, the problem is we've established this dynamic where you come in here and everything's going wrong in your life, and that that establishes the equilibrium. And I lightheartedly poke fun at the at just the the, the chasm of joy that you've become, just sucking in. All the, all the joy around you so that only unhappiness remains. But when you don't have that, then the unhappiness just kind of lurks around. It, it, it's spread up too evenly. We, we can't have that oh, dynamic. Hold on a minute. Let me disabuse you of that notion yes. right off the front. It's not that nothing happened. The BAM is on its way back to the hospital as we what? speak. And my truck broke down and is at the truck hospital this week. I so the double whammy got me. The truck won't shift out of low four, low four by four. So it won't go more than 20 miles an hour. So I drove it from my house to the mechanic, which is nine miles away at 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and James, there is not a longer 45 minute drive in human history than driving on a two lane highway with a truck that won't go over 20 with the flashers on trying to wave people around you. And I live in the country, so people are all kind of pulling up next to me, asking if I need help. And I want to tell them, yeah, but it's going to cost a lot more than what you got in your wallet, buddy. But anyway, it was harrowing, to say the least. I, it was awful. I guess I didn't even know you had the truck back, because the last I heard about the truck, you had previously broke it doing something stupid. What did you, you were replacing the brake pads, or I don't want oh, oh, my God. Yeah, but I became an honorary member of my concrete crew because they all watched with savage amusement 
while one thing after another started breaking on the truck and it was all my fault and I couldn't stop it. It was the most helpless feeling in the world, James. I went from knowing exactly what I was doing to having to send it on a flatbed trailer to the mechanic. And then the BAM, the last I'd heard, well, I guess I guess the BAM had been broken, but I assumed you got it back because you were destroying berry bushes to find a secret grave, which I assume you did not <laughs> dig up, and that's probably the biggest source of negativity of all. Anyway, you got it back and you broke it again? Yeah, yeah. Well, it started, it wasn't my fault. Oh, nothing is ever so. your fault. That's the disclaimer in every story <laughs> you ever tell here. Thank you. I'm glad somebody finally agrees with me, James. <laughs> I need you to talk to my wife uh, just to help fortify my case. <sighs> but uh, so one of the things that was to have been fixed was there was a hydraulic leak in the dead center of the BAM. Now, the problem with the, 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 the tractor hospital is most tractors you can get underneath, so it doesn't matter what they weigh. The BAM, on the other hand, you have to lift off the ground to get underneath it, and they didn't have a lift strong enough to lift the entire BAM. Like, if you're replacing tractor tires, you just need to lift up the back end of the tractor kind of thing. The BAM had to actually get lifted off the ground. And I don't know that they came up with a creative solution to do that, because our service person said, I told them, figure it out. And then they brought it back fixed. <laughs> so, long story short, the hydraulic leak was not fixed. So I was sending it back anyway. However... In the meantime, I decided, well, hell, I'll just keep using it as long as I've got it over the weekend. And apparently it overheated, and uh, the gauges don't necessarily work because it's a 2004 model. I know I'm a 1967 model. Many things don't work on me, James. <laughs> I won't go into the whole list. But the point is, it was overheating. Smoke started pouring out of the back of the BAM. And I thought, well, that's probably not good. I mean, I'm not a licensed mechanic certified in anything that has to do with John Deere products. But I know a problem when I can see it and smell it. And uh, it blew out the seal on the overflow bin of the radiator. Now, that's not that expensive to fix. However, and here's where I'm headed with okay. this. I don't know what that massive heat did to the engine. And a diesel engine runs way hotter than a normal engine, which is why it needs four times as much, literally, oil in it. But anyway, now it won't start. <laughs> and it won't even turn over. Like, it's it's it's... It's screwed. I, I thought of another word that I had to preempt, James. You know, you can throw out that word. I don't. I don't know if that we've ever had anybody complain about language. Like we we make this thing so like safe for work. <laughs> Does any okay? But if you're listening to this at work, surely you would have headphones in. Like who would listen to this? Actually, who would listen to anything out loud at work without headphones? Like maybe the whole not safe at work idea should just be abolished for podcasts because surely they can safely listen to it theirs. I guess maybe you have to watch out if they're listening to this in their cars if. Some parent is subjecting mm. their their toddler strapped in and back like some sort of torture. They just can't <laughs> escape all you know five straps this way and that, and they have to listen to our voices. <laughs> Man, the bam! I just I the most surprising thing to me is that you've been doing this like all winter for some reason. The only man in America who's mowing all winter and in, in, in a place I where, am trying to get ahead of it, man. Nothing's grown for like five months. How do you have any? I know. How do you have, I needed that time because it's starting to grow again, and now I have no options. So I think we're gonna have to hire somebody because I don't know. God knows how long this one's gonna take to fix. So we're gonna hire someone for two days to come and bush hog the next probably eight or ten acres that we need to get mowed 
And then I don't know if the BAM is unfixable, like if the like the main seal is out or something, the cylinders are screwed in the engine. Like I don't know what we're gonna do. So it's gonna be expensive, and uh, I, I get stressed and depressed talking about it. So thank you for <laughs> pooping all over my day, James. I Brady. don't know how you have any nature left to cut down. I really don't. But I do oh. know, I do know what would cheer you up. You know, I, I, I can't imagine that's true. I Yes, I, I know exactly what will fix uh, what ails you. So I need okay. you, after this podcast uh, or possibly during it, yeah. to go to your garage. Yeah. And I need you to find a shovel. And I need you to yeah. go to that secret grave. And you should <laughs> dig it up. First of all, I'm in my office. So I can't dig anything up here, including that box that the FBI has tagged. Oh. And second of all, I'm not going to dig that thing up for fear that I will actually find something. I mean, what else could it possibly do to you? Like, the curse is clearly already in full effect. Like, oh. maybe if you dig it up and bury this person somewhere else, the curse will go with them. Like, you know what? Just when you send off the bam, just toss the toss the body in the back of your trunk and hope it falls out <laughs> at 20 miles an hour on the interstate and no more problems. Yeah, I need like uh, sage or something to burn around it. And then we're going to need a priest to come and hallow the ground just to make sure we have all of the bases covered. And uh, maybe put a cross in the middle of the rocks and don't push it in too far in case I poke something that don't need to be poked. But I, I got to do something to settle the spirit of whatever's in there. Man, it's the BAM. You were so proud of the BAM. Like, that's pretty much at this point, I think you like the BAM more than the house or the land. You just like destroying James, nature. I don't love many things. Yeah. Present company included. And I love the BAM. And then you, but you had to get out there for that extra day. But I mean, really, using that that, that extra day shouldn't have, I mean, were the high, why did the lack of hydraulics cause it to overheat? I guess I'm not. What were the no, no, it's not uh, unrelated issues. Okay, or so, so, so you assume yes, it was destined to overheat. Okay, it would have done it either way, even if you had waited for waited for it to actually be fixed, or or so we're going to tell ourselves. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you? Yes. Because it's not my fault. Did you check it for ball valves before you got started? <laughs> no, but somebody on Twitter suggested that I commission a giant ball valve statue to put as an offering to the gods on Rattlesnake Ranch. I don't know that the gods want a giant ball valve statue. That seems a little twisted to me. But who knows? I'm willing to try anything at this point. That would have been a good thing to toss under your porch along with the various sex toys you found down there. <laughs> well, that's true. It is now entombed in concrete. That, uh, that, uh... I guess I can say bunny or rabbit. <laughs> hey, that's a name brand endorsement here. They're not paying us. I don't think it is. I think it's a style, isn't it? I think it's a brand. I don't know. I'm not going to Google that one. You can Google that. <laughs> I don't spend hours on the underbelly of the internet like you do. I have a life change break. Just imagine. Most of it involves crying. Wanting our endorsement for that. We have like eight listeners, and we put your sex toy under a foot of concrete. Would you like our endorsement? <laughs> sure, all the money will yeah. come pouring in. I think that's a natural sales pitch. I want you to get on the horn. Man. And wait, don't take that out of context. <laughs> I want you to get on the phone, James, and get the management at the Rabbit Company or the Bunny Company. What do you think is the name brand, Rabbit? 
I was thinking rabbit or maybe rabbit is like the specific product. Like I don't think, I don't think rabbit is a generic term like Kleenex or, uh, you know, Xerox at this point where it becomes like, it, it starts as a brand. It becomes so ubiquitous that it basically becomes the generic term. I think, I think that's still the name for the specific model. And now if you are listening to this in your car with your kid, I'm sure you have turned <laughs> this off by now. You dropped from eight listeners to four. We are on a roll today, Steve. This might be our finest oh. podcast ever. Listen, man, I remember like on the fourth or fifth podcast ever, I might be exaggerating, but it was early, and you just said, yeah, there ain't no Santa Claus, and you just get right out talking like you just said something that uh, like the, the ingredients of Dr. Pepper or something like I, I stopped you and I said, how can you say that? And you're like, why? What difference does it make if I say that? Like, uh, you above all people, James, are not encumbered by social niceties or norms when it comes to censoring your speech. You know what? If the one thing I accomplished from this godforsaken podcast is to kill Santa Claus, <laughs> I will have done humanity a great service. Santa Claus is the bane of every parent's existence ever. Like people think there's like an enforcement mechanism of, oh, the kid's going to be good for presents and stuff. But you never, if you never pull the trigger and actually ban the presents, that's, that's the, you know, the carrot and the stick. That's a useless stick because kids aren't really afraid of it. And let me tell you something. If we actually oh. took presents away from kids who are bad, there, there ain't no kids getting presents. There will be zero presents in America. What wow. Santa does is he sets up unrealistic expectations. Kids just want everything. You're like, well, we can't afford that. Well, yeah, but Santa's elves are going to make it in the workshop. And it destroys their understanding of economics. It takes them away from capitalism and basically makes them mini communists. They just think that everything goes out to everybody equally and we need to make it stop. The Santa Claus myth dies today. I'm taking a stand, Steve. Today, right now, on our worst episode ever, I am killing Santa Claus. He is dead. Do I need to perform an exorcism? Like, what, what, what is happening here today? You know what? This, if we're, if we're going to have a garbage episode anyway, I'm going big. I'm swinging for the fences. Every, <laughs> everything I've ever wanted to say, it's coming out right now. <laughs> and I always hated your mother's lasagna. <laughs> uh, this feels like couples therapy now, James. Like, is there anything you want to say to me directly? Is there really such a th thing as bad lasagna? Is that even possible? It's just a pile of meat and cheese. Uh, have you ever gone to a froofy restaurant where you get the chef's take on lasagna? Like, lasagna is a thing, but apparently it's a thing that anybody can put anything into and still call it lasagna. It makes me angry when people bend the culinary rules like that. Okay, so we are killing two things today. Santa Claus and artisanal lasagna. They both die now. Yes, and goat cheese that goes into artisanal. artisanal? Hey, I don't even know how you hey, pronounce that word. What do you got against goat cheese? It's just cheese it from a sucks. goat. It sucks. It's it's it, it's cheese. It, it tastes like cheese that you left out in the sun for two weeks in August. There are no bad cheeses, okay? You you have to love them all equally. Now, if you want to hate the stuff, this pretend cheese like uh, you know Velveeta or something like that, that's mostly <gasps> soybean oil. That's fine, but goat cheese—that's like real actual cheese. Maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe you have Velveeta coursing through your veins and you have forgotten what actual <laughs> well, cheese tastes like. After my last blood work report, it does seem that I've been mainlining it for a while. But James, speaking of communism, you cannot love all cheeses equally. That's blasphemy. That's crazy talk. Name a bad cheese. Name elsewhere. one bad cheese. 
Uh, have you ever had Limburger cheese? Yes, delicious. No. <laughs> All right, so I'm dealing with a crazy person. I can't apply logic to crazy, and that seems to be what we're doing here today, James. My grandma went through a stinky cheese phase, and uh, she shared them with us. <laughs> they were pretty good. Now, disclaimer, she is dead now. I don't think she's dead from the stinky cheeses, but my fondest memories of her are of her stinky cheeses. So this one is dear to my heart. It smells like feet, like a bad athlete or athlete's foot kind of fungal feet with gnarled brown toenails. That's that's what Limburger cheese smells like. I have sniffed very few gross feet in my life, but I have had many fine <laughs> Limburger cheeses. So I don't I don't understand what the problem is. When when have you even been around this cheese? I mean, it sounds like you smelled it and just walked back out the door. I don't think you've actually even tasted it. I think you're too close-minded. I have tasted it. There are a very small handful of foods that I have tried and absolutely hated. Liver is another of them. Oh. Even though I love liver sausage, I, I remember my dad frying up some liver. He said, you got to have it with onions and ketchup, and it was awful, just awful. Now, I do like liver sausage with onions and ketchup and mayonnaise, so I don't know what the difference is exactly, but liver I hate, Limburger I hate. There are several flavors I don't care for. Like, I don't like smoked things like smoked fish or smoked cheese. Like, that, that flavor doesn't appeal to me. Same with, like, barbecue, pulled pork kind of stuff. It, the smokier it is, or the barbecue sauce, the smokier it is, the less I like it. But I don't hate it. I'll still eat it. Very few things are on the no-fly list. And, of course, pickles, because I told you at the time I ate pickles and wedding cake and vomited. So I had to give up one or the other, and I've given up pickles ever since. Pickles and wedding cake? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Okay, walk me back here. So you had pickles, and then you threw up over somebody's wedding cake? No. Uh, so my dad was in a band, and they would play weddings, and he would come home with, like, a big chunk of a sheet cake. Oh. They are just trying to give the cake away. And I had a whole bunch of pictures. This was, uh, <laughs> so The Sting with Robert Redford and Paul Newman was on TV that night and I okay. was watching it. I had a bunch of pickles, had some of the wedding cake and horked like I have never horked before nor since. And uh, I still, from that point on, I cannot stand pickles. Like they remind me or something in my brain of that moment. But wedding cake, delectable. Well, you, you chose wisely. I mean, that was actually a good move. It is unfortunate that we associate things that way. Like, I've got a daughter who ate a bunch of strawberries and later got the flu and threw up. And now her life is devoid of strawberries, and I feel terrible for her. Oh, but I had one yeah. worse. Uh, we used to do uh, every, like, first Sunday of the month at church, it was Donut Sunday. You know, the only only good Ooh. thing that's ever come out of church. You go there, and there's just yeah, box after man. box after box. And I was in <laughs> fourth grade, I think, and I would estimate I ate... 10 donuts somewhere in there. It sounds like an exaggeration, but I don't really think it was. I mean, the fun fact, the human stomach can hold an infinite amount of donuts. Like they just, they compress <laughs> down so small. So I packed them in and later that day I got the flu and threw up. Somebody's going to say, oh no, you made yourself sick on too many donuts. False. I'd eaten 10 donuts many times before. You cannot get sick on 10 donuts. <laughs> the sickness was unrelated. But after I threw that up, I could never again eat that type of donut. It was a glazed donut with chocolate frosting on the the top and that's just deliciousness mixed with deliciousness and i was deprived oh, of that no. and uh and yeah my life was never the same and now you know why i became the sad and bitter person i turned into <laughs> i have been living without glazed chocolate covered donuts for this entire time 
You have literally not had one since. I think I finally did have one or two here. I think I think I've I, I think I have, but never again. It was years, like maybe decades. And uh, eventually, then I switched over to this whole keto carnivore thing, and I got rid of everything good in my life. So it became a moot point. But yeah, I can probably count on one hand the number of glazed chocolate covered donuts I have had since fourth grade. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty devastating. I, I can't imagine, like, you really had to, like, just take a long look in the mirror when you made that decision. A lot of soul-searching, James. I don't, it's not even on a conscious level. Like, that's just the lizard brain in the back of my head. It's, it's just reminding me, it's like, hey, remember when we almost died from food poisoning? Don't do that again. And I've got to tell my unconscious self, it's like, no, it wasn't food poisoning. It was the flu. It was a tragic coincidence. But it doesn't work. I have had food poisoning. I know we're out of time. We might need to pick this up next week. Have you ever had bona fide food poisoning? I have, and it is the worst thing in the world. It is the worst thing in the world. Well, we're going to have to save that story for next week. James, we have a cliffhanger. We have a teaser that might bring some viewers back. We went from nothing to too much, and all we had to do was scoot over <laughs> to throwing up. And suddenly we were in our wheelhouse, and we were good to go. <laughs> Getting punched in the face, vomiting. Ah, oh, we cover all the. <laughs> and great in between, punches. we killed Santa. So it was a good day. <laughs> well, you can kill Santa too. Just tune in next week for another scintillating episode of Wrong and Wronger. And until then, this is Steve, Doctor Steve Olivas for James, the Lizard Brain, back front and center, Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Thanks for rocking through that. I did that without even stuttering, James. And as always, remember, two wrongs can make a right.